This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Philippians chapter 1, we are talking about... And I didn't know that we would go into this. I really hadn't had this on my radar screen. But when we had those meetings with Nancy Dufresne, how many of you were here for those? Did you sense that something broke? And I mean in a good sense. Did you notice that something changed in the spirit in this church? And I've got good news for you. We're not going back. Something turned in this church that some of us, I know we have an intercessory prayer team and some of you others that pray. Some of us have been praying about this for a long time. That we genuinely as a church want the move of God in our church. I'm not a good enough preacher to help you without the help of the Holy Spirit. We don't have enough good programs around here to get you off off of uh, addictions. To heal your broken bodies. We, We can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to understand that. You have to understand that. So we're excited that we've made a turn. And out of that, the Lord began to deal with me about this thing, about the supply of the Spirit. Here in Philippians 1.19, and he says, as Paul said, now remember, Paul is in jail. He's been in there a while, but here's what he said. For I know, everyone say, I know. I like that. I like that he said, I know. I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now we've looked at this, this word supply means bountiful. It means lavish. It means just full to overflowing. God has, uh, God has so much more for us than we've even really tasted yet. Now I've been a Christian for 46 years. Think about that. 1976, I became a Christian. And I've been a Christian for 46 years. I've been in thousands of services. I've been in services where they went on for hours and hours and nobody looked at their watch and nobody got upset and nobody got fretful over it because the power of God was so rich and strong that by the time people did begin to leave, they were basically in a daze. And I mean that in a good sense. But the supply of the Spirit. So there are things that the Spirit has a supply that none of us can produce with our own natural efforts. There's a part in the spirit. Now, I've got a doctor in here, Dr. Fryer. How many, how many of the rest of you in here have a medical background? I know we have to have some with all the military uh, people because you have a medical background. I was talking to Colonel Friedman this morning after service and uh, he's over the hospital out here, you know, out, out here at the post. And, he, and, I, and I told him that I read this and he confirmed it. And, and I said, you know, and in past wars especially, he said it's still true, in triage, when there are a lot of casualties, uh, what they would do is they would put a color, like a, a, a tag, on each person to determine how severe their wounds were. If someone was beyond help, 
and they knew it. They looked at them and knew they were beyond help. They would tag that person so people know. If someone else, if you could help them, if they got medical help, they would tag it. And there were different colors for, uh, for the, the, the amount of help that these people needed. The reason they did that in past wars is because they had limited supplies. When you're out there in the field, you don't have everything. And you certainly don't have enough if there's mass casualties. So you have to uh, categorize, really, and com compartmentalize to try to make sure you can save who can be saved and you get to them as quickly as you can. And he said that is true. He said it's still true even in the ER. That if you go in there, you know, we, there, there are people that have to tell you, this one is, and so on and so forth. And I said, but isn't it great that where God is concerned, there's no limit of supply. God doesn't say, I'm going to help her because she really needs it, but she's just a little upset. So, no, no, no. Isn't it great that there's a supply of the Spirit that all of us, no matter how small or how great or how desperate or how minimal our need may be, there is a supply, ample supply of the Spirit for God to help all of us. Aren't you glad? God will treat you like you're the only patient in the house. You'll almost feel like all of heaven left everybody else and rushed to you because God can give that sense of his abundance to one person while he's giving it to a multitude. Out there when Jesus fed the 5,000, it didn't say he fed the one or he fed the two. It said he fed the 5,000. It didn't say that one was filled or two was filled or a few were filled. It said they were all filled. Everybody say they were all filled. I like that. He made sure that every single one of those people that were there that day when they walked away, man, their belly was pooched out and they were feeling pretty good and they were thinking, now would be about a good time for a siesta. And the little boy that had enough sense to stop by Captain D's and get a two-piece fish dinner when he showed up that day, they went ahead and went back around and there was, so, there was so much left over after everybody was full. They gathered it up. That little boy left and mama said, here's enough money for a two-piece fish dinner. He came back with other people helping him carry all, of, all the baskets that were full. We are getting to the time when you come to church, expect to be filled. Expect to be filled. Expect for God to fill you up. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be without peace. You don't have to come in and have a broken body and then walk out and still you're hurting. And you're, and no, 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 no. Can you shout amen? He said, I, and then in the Phillips translation, he said, I know what is happening will be for the good of my own soul. Thanks to your prayers. I like this phrase and the resources of the spirit. We have resources. When you come to church, there's things here, there are resources that you can't get in a university. You can't get them in a lawyer's office. You can't get them in a doctor's office. You can't get them. No, no, no. They're resources of the spirit. Now, remember, you have to access them to be able to get them. In other words, you have to be where the spirit of God is. As a pastor, one of the leading questions I've been asked all these many years is why do people, good people die? Why do Christians, why do they die and why do they have sick? And listen, you can't get into answering an individual case because you don't know the individual. You, no, the Bible says no one even knows what's in the heart of a man except God and that man. 
My wife knows me more intimately than anybody on this planet. She knows my habits. She knows my trends. She knows all of that stuff. But God knows me better than she does. And it's not that I do this, but it's possible I could hide something from her. Wouldn't be smart. Hallelujah. Never have. We've been married a long time, and that's why we've been married a long time. But you understand what I'm saying? There are, th there are a lot of Christians that don't access the resources because you have to be where the Spirit of God is. You have, to, you have to, first of all, know that they're there. I have resources, the supply of the Spirit. And then you have to be where the Spirit of God is free because the Bible says, again, in 2 Corinthians 3.19, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. So now, Jesus, when he got ready, he had already been raised from the dead. He, would all, he was already getting ready to go back to the Father. But even in that little sliver of time, for 40 days, the Bible says he appeared. We have record of Jesus appearing to at least 513 people that we know of. So when people say, well, how do you know Jesus was raised from the dead? A couple of people, you know, could have made that story up. Maybe a couple of people could, but not 513. That's, when pe that's why when people say, well, now this thing about this Holy Ghost and these people speaking in tongues, see, I, I mean, I think that's all just made up. We, let, me, let me give you some statistics and you tell me how it's made up. Right now on planet Earth, it is estimated, and these are pretty, pretty good estimates, of the two point whatever billion Christians that there are on planet Earth, it's estimated that 600 million people speak in tongues. Now, if only one or two people did it around you, you could say they're faking it, they're making it up. That's just a bunch of gibberish. That, that's, that's, that, no, 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 no. But 600 people, listen, it's 600 million, and they're all in different lands and different languages, and we've never met each other, we've never talked to each other, we've never seen each other, but somehow. I mean, if you are a lawyer and you're trying to prove a case and you got 600 witnesses, you got a pretty strong case. <laughs> That's a pretty strong case right there. Well, I believe speaking in tongues is of the devil. Here's, let me ask all of you. How many of you, before you got saved, spoke in other tongues? I'm not talking about you got drunk and you couldn't speak right. I'm talking about spoke in other tongues. <laughs> well, the answer is none. When people say that's of the devil, okay, where are you getting that from? Because you're not getting it from the Bible. Now, the reason I'm saying that is it's important for us to understand that God does things in a spiritual way. And they're not going to make sense to your senses. They're not going to make sense to your intellect. I, I, I said this last week. Let me ask it again. How many of you in here, now listen to, listen to the question. How many of you in here, and I can't see all of you online. I know there's a lot of you online that would answer this. How many of you in here, uh, are spirit-filled, you speak with other tongues and you have a college degree, I want you to stand up. You speak with other tongues, you have at least some kind of college degree, stand up. All right, everybody turn around and look. Everybody turn around and look. So we probably got, what, 30, 35, so, so 35 pretty smart people. People have degrees. I have two doctorates. Uh, so 35 people in here at least, we'll say, minimally, have what, what the world would say, well, they're intelligent. They went to college. They got a degree. It's on the wall. But you got 35 people in here that have degrees that speak in tongues. Amen. Are, are you hearing me? Amen. 
So, you know, because the old, the old saying used to be, well, those unlearned and ignorant people and the people that can't really, you know, those backwoodsy people, you know, they'll just fall for anything. I mean, they'll just, you know, they'll just fall for anything. But, but I just want to show that to you to show. Now, to make the point that remember this, we are a triune being. You are a triune being. Now, let's go with the part that's the most obvious. You are a body. Pretty obvious, right? You are a body, but your body is not you. And you better be glad your body is not you because I've been standing over a lot of bodies that they put dirt on. About 400 times I've stood at places where they threw dirt on bodies. You better hope that you are not just a body. You better pray there's more to you than a body. As a matter of fact, the most temporary part of you is the body. According to scripture, you are a triune being. You are, you are a body. You possess a soul. What does it mean by the soul? Soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. I didn't say your brain. Because when you die, your brain is also going to go poof and go right back to dust. You better hope that it's your mind and not your brain. You better be able to separate one from the other. I'm teaching you something here. When, when the rich man died and he was going into the upper part of hell and he looked up and before Jesus had let everybody out, he could see Abraham's bosom, which was a comforting place for saints that had died. The Bible says, first of all, he was dead in his body, but the rich man was in torments. First of all, he could feel the flames. Second of all, he could see. And third, he even recognized Lazarus, not the one that was raised from the dead, but another man. He recognized him. How did he do that? His brain was burned up because you don't lose your mind. So you are a body. You have a soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your will. God, somebody says, well, you know, why won't God just do Because Because it's your will involved here. God, God didn't make you come to church this morning. You made a decision of your will to come to church. That was a wise decision. God's not going to make you do anything. Right? But then there's this third part that is so underdeveloped, so forgotten, almost gets no attention called the spirit. And when you know it, it's the most important part of your being because the spirit is what lives forever. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and for a little while, you live in a body. You say, well, I'm living for 120 years. Well, in in comparison to eternity, that's a little while. I'm, I'm living for 120 years. That means I got 57 left. Praise God. You guys are, you got to put up with me for a long time. I'll be over here nagging you. You don't even talk about that. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Amen. Now, why is this important? Because when you come to church, your spirit man is, is like, please feed me. Please feed me. Please, 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 please. Body, please don't just sit here during the service. Body, please don't just be quiet. Body, please don't dick. Please, please listen. Please get in. Please, 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 please. And your spirit's crying out, please feed me. Please, please, please let me lose. Please let me, please let me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen. And that's why when we walk in that door, we got to make a decision. I'm in my body, but my body's not in charge today. My spirit is in charge. And if the spirit of God's in this church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let my spirit go. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what that sounds like, feels like. I don't care if anybody thinks I'm a nut or I'm crazy or I'm an idiot or I'm a fool. You know, whatever. Hallelujah. I'm a saved fool, a healed fool, and a prosperous fool. So there's that. <laughs> there is that. Amen. Right? 
So church is the place where our spirit is desperate. When you come here, your spirit's going, yes, 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 yes. But when you get here, you have to make decisions. When they start worshiping, I'm in. I'm not thinking about what's at home. I'm not thinking about work tomorrow. I'm not, I don't care if the sister to my right or left. I don't, I love them, but I'm not going to let them dictate what I'm doing. I, I don't care. And I don't care about my family. If my family's here, I, I'm just, I don't care. You know, if the spirit's on me, I'm, I'm going with it. I may have to do the Charlie Brown dance, you know. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. When you do that, when you, here's the thing, when you give your spirit preeminence, it's an important word, when you give the spirit preeminence, it will affect positively your body and your soul. So by giving your spirit preeminence, you're actually going to strengthen your body and strengthen your soul. But if you give your soul or your body preeminence, you'll weaken your spirit. Boy, I, I, you, ought to, you ought to write that down. That's worth saying all over again. And I don't think I ever said it that way. If you give your spirit preeminence, yeah. it will strengthen your body and your soul. But if you give your body and soul preeminence, it'll weaken your spirit. Amen. Have you noticed that? If you let your body do it, here's what your body will do about 90% of the time. That's what your body, that's what your body wants to do, right? Now, do you think that's going to help your spirit? Your spirit's going, ah! but if you give your spirit preeminence where you're letting the power of God flow inside you and manifest in your body and just come through your body, all of a sudden stuff that was hurting your body when you got to church, like, wait a minute, man, I, I don't even feel any pain anymore. When this church grew by the groves, I said it earlier, and I say, when I say groves, 50 people, 100 people at a time. We, couldn't, we didn't have enough visitors cards. We couldn't even get enough. I mean, I mean, we had to print them almost every week. I mean, it was just, uh, Ken was there, you know, what it was like down. I mean, it was just, we had one service. We had one service. We filled it up so fast. We had to start a second one. We didn't even have the second one going for three months. We had to start a third one. And then we had to have a Sunday night service. And... The reason was because the Spirit of God was loose. Yeah. It was just loose in that church. Yeah. And people started coming. My Lord, you know why they started coming? Because people like you went and told them. You said, oh, you got to come to my church. Woo, oh, you got to come to my church. If you're sick, you come to my church. They're going to pray for you. If you're down, you come to my And it filled the church up, I mean, just fast. Now, we know one of our biggest problems is, number one, we haven't been full. If we're not full, then we're in trouble. But I see God filling you up. And you're, a, listen, you're a lot more convincing when you're full of God. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. That's another good thing to say. Right? When you're full of God, when you witness, you're pretty effective. Because it's not just words. They, they don't even, people don't even know. They're like, man, there's something about them, huh? Oh, they're kind of weird, but I kind of like it. They're kind of strange, but I don't know. Every time I go there, I feel good. I had people tell me that in the old building. A couple of people came up, and for a while, it was really funny. We had, a, we had a lot of folks that had Catholic backgrounds coming in those days. And for the first two or three months, they go, Father William. 
They'd call me Father William. I'd be like, I guess you might have to get me a little collar or something. I don't know. They said, Father William, what do you think about this? I said, well, first of all, you know, I appreciate your respect there. You don't have to call me that. You can call me Pastor. But, but, but they said, you know, this is a little weird. It's a little strange. But every time I come here, I feel good. And they kept coming. And they kept coming and they kept coming and they kept bringing their own friends and bringing some more friends and bringing their bosses and bringing their coworkers. And I mean, before you know it, the place is packed to the gills. And we never shied away from the power of the Holy Spirit. We never tried to snuff it out. We never tried to calm it down. We never tried to squinch it. We never tried to, you know, uh, we're afraid, you know, my friend's going to think we're nuts and, you know, I'm not going to invite them and all that. No, we just let, we just let God move the way God wants to move in the service. Now, I, I said all that, and I know you'd think I forgot where I started, but in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, right before Jesus went back to heaven, the Bible says this about Jesus. He sh- this is the Amplified Classic. Listen to this. He showed himself alive after his passion, after the cross, by a series of many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences, and infallible proofs. So what got the church ignited right before Jesus went back to heaven is in that little space of 40 days, he kept right on in the ministry and he was full of the spirit and people were, the Bible says, listen to the phrase of this, many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences and infallible proofs. People walked out and they said, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. All I know is it's real. See, if you ever try to figure God out, you're going to come up short because you can't. Some of it, you just have to say, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even understand. All I know is, right? That man that got healed by the gate, beautiful. He said, you know, he said, they said, what power by wings? All I know is I'm well. All I know is I'm healed. All I know, you listen, you all know, I used to lay out there for years by that gate crippled. All I know is I can walk and I can leap and I can praise God now. He said, that's all I know. I don't know. I can't give you the dynamics of it. I can't give you, I don't know technically what, all I know is I'm not crippled anymore. Are you listening to me? This church is going to fill up again, but this time it's going to fill up like it did in the times past. Not because we have some cute little marketing gimmick, not because we're doing some little thing to try to hook a person in, but because you're going to get so full of God that you're going to run out and you're not going to be able to contain yourself. You're going to spill it everywhere. And that world out there is so hurting, is so despondent, is so uh, disillusioned by, by everything. Politicians have failed them uh, to a certain extent. Medicine has failed them. Science has failed them. Well, not really true science. And what we have going on in our country today, we believe in science, science, science. Wait a minute. We don't agree with that. It's called selective science, I call it. People select what science they agree with. Now, let me just, I don't want to get into this because I know it, it, I know it, I know it causes a flame for some people, but I I just want to make it clear that we're going to stick with the Bible in here. We're going to love everybody. You bring somebody in here. I don't care what, I don't care what kind of lifestyle they've been living. I don't care. I I promise you, I'm going to, I'll love on, I'll hug them. I'll love on them. I'll pray for them, but we're not going to bend the scriptures. We're not going to bend the scriptures. Gender is binary. How many of you know what binary means? Two. That's what the scripture says. Didn't say three. Didn't say it's trinary. Or I don't know what qua would be, but, but no. And that's what we believe. 
We believe there's man and woman, male and female. Amen. Because the Bible says it. Amen. It's worked for thousands of years for civilizations across the world. It's been an absolute known thing that that's the way life is. So we're going to stick with that. At the same time, we're not going to hate anybody. I'm not going to hate me. And I won't allow anybody to be mistreated. But I say all that to say, keep, if you keep with the scriptures and, and let the spirit of God move, God's going to do some amazing things in your life. Now, I'm almost done. I'm looking at my watch here. And I have a timekeeper right here in front of me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn there real quickly. If you love the Lord, shout amen. amen. Are you learning anything? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you are triune. Spirit, soul, and body. Church is, you can feed your spirit when you're not at church, but it's so much easier when you're in church to feed your spirit. Because this is supposed to be set up as a place where we worship God and thank him and praise him. And then our spirit is fed. It, it, like I say, it won't, happen, it won't happen at Walmart. Now, could you pray at Walmart? I have. I've laid hands on people in Walmart. Not, not like an idiot. You know, people that needed prayer. And I didn't go, hey, everybody on now five, we have a special on, hey, no hands over here. <laughs> I didn't do that. There was some discretion. I'm not, I'm not, you know, we weren't trying to make a scene. But again, for the most part, the place where your spirit's going to get fed is the house of God. That's why we come to the house of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And, uh, oh, I was in 2 Corinthians. That's why it didn't look right. Praise God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, Paul said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, now Paul was an extremely intelligent man, extremely intelligent, high-ranking Roman citizen, very learned. He said, but brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. And he said, I wasn't going to try to use my intellect to impress you at all. He said, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I didn't want you to be impressed with me. I want you to be impressed with Jesus. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How many of you can see that? So Paul said it was critical for me when I came to you, I could have come in, uh, Speaking from the point of my intellect, his IQ, whatever it was, mine's like 140. I'm guessing his was probably 160 or something. He was a really, really smart guy. So he said, I didn't come in speaking to you based on my IQ. I came in in the demonstration. I, I wanted you to see the power of God. At the end of the day, I don't want you to ever be impressed with me. Be impressed with God because God can handle it. God can handle the pressure. Are, are you hearing me? And notice he uses the word, the demonstration. Of the spirit. We should be having demonstrations yes, sir. of the spirit. Yes. Why was it that Jesus drew huge, massive crowds at times? He had to tell people that got healed, don't tell anybody. Why, why would he say don't tell anybody? Because he couldn't move. The crowds were already so big, he could hardly even move. He said, please don't go tell anybody. I mean, I can't even, I can't even, I'm not even mobile anymore. There, you know. But why did he do it? Was it because he was the son of God? Absolutely not. Most of them didn't believe he was. He wasn't drawing people because he was the son of God. He was drawing people because there were demonstrations. And they said, we've never seen this before. 
We, we've heard, we, we read the, the, the scriptures, but we've never seen this. At, but remember what he said before he left? He said, and greater things shall you do Amen. because I'm going to the Father. Amen. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away because if I stay, I'm limited to my own body and can only do so much. But if I go, the Holy Spirit will come and come upon you. And when he does, greater works will you do than even I've done. Amen. And that 120 that we talked about there, which is in Acts chapter 2, which is listed in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, some of the people that are in there, that, that group of 120, as I told you earlier, has turned into 600 million. Now, every church, I taught this in Bible college. You need to catch this. It's pretty simple, and you'll, you'll, you'll agree because it's obvious. Um, but every church, every Christian, let me say, qualify that right. Every Christian church on planet Earth, Christian church, not, not Muslim or Buddhist or anything else. I'm talking about Christian. Every Christian church on planet Earth, its roots are Pentecostal, including Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian. Amen. There, did you? They're all, did you know the roots are Pentecostal? Because the church was birthed in the upper room and all 120 men and women, all it says, were filled, filled with the Holy Ghost and all spake with other tongues. That sparked the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. And so any church that has emerged in the last 2,000 years, if you go all the way back to its roots, guess what? They were all tongue talkers. Every one of them. Now, a lot of denominations don't, don't, don't approve of it, don't, don't, don't feature it, don't, and some of them disapprove of it, which is really kind of strange to me since it's all, since it's all in the Bible. I, I challenge you, when I got saved, my, my pastor gave me such great uh, direction. I still had hair down to here, man. I was a rocker. I was like, I was a wild little hippie kid in the 70s. And, but I got totally born again. I mean, I was born again. I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know. I'd never been raised in church. I didn't know anything. But my pastor did something really smart. I said, what am I supposed to do next? I said, am I supposed to do this or get rid of that? And he said, let me tell you something. He said, go home and read the book of Acts. He, I said, why? He said, just read the book of Acts. I said, okay, I like to read, so that was pretty easy for me. So I went home, it has 28 chapters. I went home and read the book of Acts about three times. Now, I didn't understand much of it because I'm a new Christian. I didn't have any teaching. I didn't, but I read it. But one thing I noticed was, man, there was a lot of demonstrations, there were a lot of miracles and signs and wonders. And after chapter one, Jesus is gone. And for the next 27 chapters, there's all kinds of incredible miracles and signs and wonders and healings and cures and amazing things happening. And a bunch of people are speaking in tongues even after Acts chapter 2. After Acts chapter 2, years later in Acts chapter 8 and later on in chapter 19, you see people and they're, and they're all full of the Spirit and there's miracles, signs and wonders. And the Bible says 3,000 was added to the church, 5,000 was added to the church. And you just people just swarmed into the kingdom. Mm. Are you hearing me? Amen. All of this is because of the supply of the Spirit. Now, when the Spirit begins to manifest, things can get a little bit wild. I read this. It's going to be my last scripture. I'm going to read this. Let me just read it to you. Uh, I've mentioned it on, uh, and I didn't have this, but, but, you know, in the spirit, I was talking about this on Thursday night. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to this. It'll be my last scripture. Amplified Classic. Now, by the hands of the apostles, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. Wow, that's powerful. 
If you, you ought to write this down. Now, I'm, listen, I'm giving you homework. Read the book of Acts. It'll take you about an hour, depending on how fast you read, maybe two hours at the most. Get you a notepad and say, Holy Spirit, talk to me while I'm reading because you're going to see a lot of really cool stuff. This is Acts chapter 5. By the hands of the apostles, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. And by common consent, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch called Solomon's. None of them... None of those who were not of their number dared to join and associate them, but the people held them in high regard. It said people that weren't even part of their group still held them in high regard. Now, let me tell you something. People can criticize you all they want to, and they make fun of you. I was watching, I was watching one of them. You got to pull it up. I'll send you the link. Maybe I can find it. I was watching again some of the camp meetings from the 90s of Brother Hagen yesterday. I watched some this morning, but I watched one yesterday. And this guy... Uh, Brother Hagin's praying and the Holy Ghost is falling. People are just jumping and clapping and shouting unto God. And you can tell the power of God's all over the place. He came by and touched this one guy and he went, woo! He went like this and I didn't see him. All of a sudden, I, he was rolling like a ball. I mean, he was just flying across. I was like, wow. <laughs> don't laugh. You could be next. Now, let me go ahead and warn you. I said out of my mouth back about, I think it was about 18 or 19, I was getting ridiculed by somebody on the job. You heard me tell the story, I know. But I'll tell it again. I like to hear it. I, I tell a lot of these stories because I like to hear it. It's my testimony. Amen. But I was out on the job and I had somebody laugh at me. They said, you, you, you go to one of them Pentecostal churches. I was like, yeah, it's, it's Pentecostal. Well, they're, they're holy rollers. I said, I have never seen anybody roll in my life. And I, would, I don't roll. Boy, oh boy, that was Wednesday and we had night church that night. <laughs> what do you think happened to me that night? I didn't plan it. I didn't think it. And I sure in my flesh probably didn't want it. But the power of God fell in that church. The next thing I know, ba-dunk, 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 ba-dunk. So yes, you can tell. You, I, I, I hope you're not embarrassed by this. But your pastor is an official, official holy robe. I just want you to know that. Now that, that, was, that was a long time. I haven't done it yet. But I am not going to say I will not. Because when you start saying I won't, God loves to deal with your pride. He loves. So Father, whatever thou willest. Amen. Listen, verse 14, I'm done. More and more, listen, after all these startling signs and wonders, more and more there were being added to the Lord. Those who believed and those who acknowledged Jesus as their Savior and devoted themselves to him and joined and gathered them crowds. I circled it right there, crowds. Crowds, both of men and women. So that they even kept carrying out their sick into the street. Here's how wild it got. The power of God was so fierce it says that the people started carrying out their sick folks into the streets and placing them on couches and sleeping pads in the hope that as Peter just walked by, let's see, it would be on this side because of the, the light. As Peter walked by, that his shadow would... T- that, 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 uh, they, they were so wild. Just a shadow of the man of God could get you healed. Now listen to verse 16, final scripture. And the people gathered also from the towns and hamlets around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those troubled with foul spirits. I love the last part of this, this right here. It says, and they were all cured. Everyone say all, all cured. You've been listening to the outreach.fm podcast with your host, pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online 
Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.